When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Dieter Kirkenbach from uh, the Bay Area News Group in San Fran. Going to hop in, hop on and give us a couple of minutes of the Bay Area point of view. Dieter, Jody back here in New York. How you doing, bud? Hey, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Very good. Thank you for asking. So I ask you... The 49ers are a one-point underdog as of right now. Uh, game opened up, but as a pick them, and Kansas City moved to a point, point and a half. It hasn't gotten any higher than that. In most places, it's a point right now. It's a virtual toss-up, but the 49ers are an actual underdog, as small as that uh, underdog status may be. Are they playing it at all? No, no, I, I don't think that... Uh... I, I don't think that they see themselves in any way as an inferior team. They have the utmost respect for Kansas City. All you have to do is watch Patrick Mahomes for 30 seconds and realize you're going to have your work cut out for you in any game you play against them. But they've won so many games this year. Uh, they, the way that they dominated the NFC playoffs against, albeit inferior competition, they don't they don't see themselves as any sort of an underdog. They're not playing into that that at all. They know that they. Uh, that the pick was probably the right call at the beginning. All right. They proved that the Minnesota Vikings and Green Bay Packers were inferior competition. Uh, more power mm-hmm. to them. I didn't necessarily believe that last week. I thought Green Bay was close to being their equal advantage. San Francisco, because the game was in their house, but I thought the Packers were going to put up a better fight. The 49ers dominated at the point of the tack, like I haven't seen in decades in a championship game <laughs> setting. Was that the norm? Did you think that the Packers took it to uh, the Packers just folded up their tent and went home? 49ers take it to another level. I'm sorry. Even the most diehard of San Francisco fans could have expected the dominant way that the 49ers took over the line of scrimmage. How do you explain it? Uh, I, this was exactly how it was always going to go. Jody Mack. I, 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 I can't tell you anything different. I mean, if you, uh, not to toot my own horn or anything, but it was abundantly clear. Aaron Rodgers needs all the time in the world to throw. If he doesn't get all the time in the world to throw, he either throws it away or he makes a bad decision or he takes a sack. And you can't win when you're taking sacks in championship games, not against an offense, as we saw, that can just run the ball down your defense's throat 40, 50 times a game. And uh, so this was this was inevitable. It was like the Kirk Cousins Vikings game all over again. I, I picked, I picked the exact margin of victory. Everything. It, it was just, it, it, it seemed so obvious, and there was probably too much deference given to the quarterback Aaron Rodgers was, and the fact that well, the Packers have this record, and they're in the NFC Championship game. They must be good. There was no evidence actually that they were good, and that's how the 49ers play every game. I don't think they turned it up at all. I don't even think the Packers turned it down at all. That that was just uh, a 13 and three team. That was actually a 13 and three team, probably even a little bit better against a team that was 13 and three in the regular season, but really was just masquerading as such. They had the point differential. A lot of the metrics said that they were about nine and seven. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals had a couple of metrics on the whole that made them look better than the Packers. And so it, it just, it was a terrible matchup for Green Bay. It was a great matchup for San Francisco. The same cannot be said for this Super Bowl. Uh, I think this is a horrendous matchup 
for the way that the 49ers want to play defense. And maybe the pass rush can equalize it a little bit. But, man, they, they love playing zone, and that's the thing that you do not run when you go up against Patrick Mahomes. So it'll be – they have a chance to be the exact opposite of what we just saw, though I do think the 49ers are wily enough and versatile enough that they can they can kind of adapt to the new circumstance. Last week it was all about uh, Raheem Ostert, who had an unbelievable all-worldly game. But they've been a three-headed monster all year, and no Coleman got hurt – uh, but Matt Breida was a complete non-factor. Are they just going to roll out the Mostert train again and hope that he can at least be in the vicinity of how dominant he was last week? Yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair to Raheem Mostert, who was awesome, it wasn't exactly him all the way along. This is a Shanahan staple going back to Mike Shanahan. It doesn't matter who's back there as long as they are able to execute sort of the simple things that a Shanahan outside zone run offense asks of its running backs, you're going to be able to get yards if the offensive line is doing what they did. And the 49ers put the Packers in 4-3 pretty much the entire game. They like playing a base nickel. They had no idea what they were doing in a 4-3. It's kind of shocking to say, but that's the day and age in football in 2020. And, uh, yeah, the offensive line was just absolutely manhandling them. And they turned it into a trench game on both sides, dominating with the defensive line, dominating on the offensive line. And Raheem Mostert, he was getting like, he had almost 200 yards before he got touched. I mean, it wasn't like Derrick Henry where he's running dudes over at the line of scrimmage and, you know, taking names. I mean, he was just running for days. He was a track star. And so he was allowed to run without any inhibition or anything like that. It was, it was, it was pretty incredible. Brita has a fumbling problem. So I, I just don't know if he's ever going to get out of the doghouse. He does have a little bit more speed than Mostert. Uh, Coleman, they like him as more of a physical back, but, man, he's taken so many hits this year that he's lost kind of the last bit of wiggle that he probably had. I have a hard time seeing him play or at least having a big role in the game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because they also have this guy, Jeff Wilson Jr., who's been scratched the last couple of weeks, and he's got the ability to go for a 200-yard rushing game. When you have an offensive line this good and a scheme this creative – and creating blocks, and they're doing gap stuff and zone stuff. It's, it's really incredible. It's almost like a triple option team. Uh, running backs, as long as they hold on to the ball, they're going to get playing time, and they're probably going to get yards, especially against this Kansas City defense. Dieter Kurtenbach from uh, the Bay Area News Group, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, then let's put it in a hypothetical sense. Mm-hmm. If the Kansas City Chiefs should score early, if they should open up a 10- or 11-point lead, uh, 14-3, 17-7, somewhere thereabouts, and the 49ers have to come from behind. With the way they ran their football, the football last week, you could do that. You, they you take 10 points off the board if they're going to be getting yeah. 11 yards a clip like Mozart did, but it might be a little difficult to do. And, yes, the temptation is always there to we got to move the ball quicker and we got to get chunk plays, which means – Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to throw it more than eight times. Are they ready to do that? I think they are, though. I I understand some of the skepticism. It's probably being overplayed by the national media. No offense to all the fine folks out there on the East Coast, but apparently everybody missed the game where Jimmy Garoppolo outdueled Drew Brees in the Superdome in a game that you could have convinced me was a playoff-like atmosphere. And, in fact, it felt more intense than either of the two playoff games the 49ers played at home. So, We've seen in week 17, too, against the Seattle Seahawks, they got, they got ahead in that game. They, that offense was built off of Garoppolo's arm in those contests, and those were their two biggest contests of the year. So they can do it. Now you have to question the rhythm 
Uh, you have to question how he played against Minnesota in the divisional round. He was not crisp, to say the least. Now, Minnesota has an exceptional defense, so you want to cut him some slack there. Especially if Mahomes is able to pick apart the 49ers' defense early. The 49ers are going to try to use all three areas that they can win games with to win this one. They're going to want to pass the ball because if Kansas City overcommits to the run, they're going to throw it. Kyle Shanahan isn't committed to anything other than whatever the defense wants to give them. If, if they're going to drop back and you know not actually attack the, the run game, well, then they're going to run the ball right down their throat like they did in the other two games of the playoffs, but they also need their defense to at least get a stop or two on Patrick Mahomes, a stop or two that Patrick Mahomes isn't stopping himself because we know he can do that every now and again and then get it back you know, for an, four straight possessions, five straight possessions. They need to put all three of them together because Mahomes is that powerful. And that's like it's not their day. It will be really interesting to see how the 49ers adapt because, yes, you can continue to run the ball. You'll be able to continue to get points that way, but you won't have a lot of time. And so do they put the ball in Garoppolo's hands? He's probably the weakest link of those three. He's still pretty darn good. You don't want to diminish a guy who had a really good quarterback. I mean, his numbers are just fine. He, he's just not experienced enough to necessarily see some un, underneath linebackers every now and again. I think that they trust that he can get the job done. He's kind of a big game player, uh, especially when the 49ers would fall behind. He has like the best quarterback rating in the NFL. When, uh, when his team is behind by a touchdown, his numbers after he throws an interception are almost impeccable. It, he, he's, a, he's a really good quarterback. I think that he's picked up a lot of sort of the skepticism towards him in the media over the week. I think the 49ers are feeling it a little bit too. I wouldn't be surprised if on the first drive, very similar to what they did against Minnesota in the divisional round, they just throw it eight, nine times in a row and just establish that part of the game, get him, him into a rhythm, and then get a little bit more balanced and get Kansas City off kilter and see what they give them. You mentioned earlier, though, what the 49ers defense did to uh, Aaron Rodgers. And between you and I, I think you overstated it a little bit. Well, he did go 31 <laughs> of 39 for 326 all yards. All, all of it in the second all half. In the second half. Correct. If you just looked at the second half, the Packers won 20 to 10. And the problem for the Packers was that the Niners won 27 to nothing in the first half. But they did yeah. do what they did in the second half. Don't know if it flips this week or not. They did yeah. get three sacks. Again, all in the first half, none in the second half. Yeah. What do they do to make sure that they get that kind of def- and defensive effort all four quarters? Because you need that against Patrick Mahomes. Well, I mean, I think that they'll always be happy to take the foot off the accelerator like they did in the second half if they have a 27 to nothing lead. I mean, it's only human nature. They're not going to push that hard when they know this other team can't come back. Mahomes isn't going to give them that opportunity, though. He's scary. He should scare the hell out of anybody who's ever had to scheme against him. I don't even have to play in the game. I'm just writing off of him, and I'm afraid of him, and I don't care who wins. So it's, it's really uh, jaw-dropping watching him. It will be the most interesting part of this game, I think, will be if the 49ers adapt their game plan. If they go Patriots and come up with a new defensive scheme, more or less, for this game. Mahomes has a quarter or a QBR, which is out of 100, of nine, 91 against zone defenses this year. Essentially, you're just giving him the game if you play zone against him all the time. He always finds the crack. He always finds the weakness. You cannot do it against him. The 49ers ran zone as much as any team in the NFL, two-thirds of their snaps were zone snaps. And so do they go with cornerbacks who were built to play in a cover three? Do they go to a cover one? Do they go to -to man-to-man? And if they do that, now you're leaving yourself really open to the speed of Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hartman and even Sammy Watkins, who would probably be the third fastest player 
on the field for both teams. So it's going to be absolutely fascinating in that regard. If you go man-to-man, you probably stand a chance, but you're leaving yourself way more susceptible for the big play. If he goes zone, Mahomes is going to cut you up a hundred different ways, and he'll get into the end zone one way or another. He's just too good. How the 49ers go in between man and zone is going to dictate how many points Mahomes is able to put up because he could easily drop 50 on these guys. He could drop 50 on anybody. But if the 49ers can keep him around 30, I think their offense has enough firepower and enough balance to be able to get over that. And that's ultimately the only thing you need at the end of the game, the higher score. The key will be, as it is week in and week out in the National Football League, I'm not uh, breaking any news here, the front four affects the back seven. The back seven affects the front four. They're going to need yeah. to get there with the front four. If they do, then the back seven you got a little bit more flexibility with. Uh, so it's going to come right. down to that San Francisco pass rush. Can they make Mahomes make a mistake and or uh, give the ball up, which he doesn't do often. All right, last thing. Give me the pulse of the people. San Francisco is a great sports town. Yeah, the Giants yeah. had their little mini dynasty, won three of five. The Warriors uh, dominated the NBA for a half a decade. Now you've got your football team back in the Super Bowl, something they haven't been in a couple of years since going back to Kaepernick. And before that, you got to back it up 25 more on top of that. Uh, is it a football town first and foremost? Is this the team that gets the fans the most excited? Did the Warriors steal that title? What is San Francisco feeling about being back in the biggest game from their fan base standpoint this week? The, the ratings are absolutely off the charts, the TV ratings. And a lot of people will try to, you know, put their finger up, lick it, and try to get the feeling of the wind and tell you how many miles per hour it's going. I like to actually look at the data. There, nearly half of the televisions in the Bay Area are tuned to one thing. Nothing. Nothing in the world polls like that anymore. Election night doesn't get ratings like the 49ers are getting ratings in the Bay Area right now. And the Warriors, who absolutely dominated this market for five years, and how could they not? I mean, they it, it was just an incredible run that they had, and it captured everybody's imagination in a way that I don't think another sports team had. They were, they were pulling half of this. Uh, it, it, is, it is an absolute money-printing machine right now for the 49ers, and uh, this, it's always been the strongest brand in the area. Pedigree, especially when you consider who they were dealing with before where the Warriors were generally inept and the Giants were not really a story ever and the Sharks have never really come into play in this marketplace. Uh, the, the 49ers have always been the biggest brand. It dipped there for a while, which, you know, was like five years. I think most teams would kill to have the run the 49ers had this decade. But, man, it is, it is back in a big way. You can't go an inch. And I live in the East Bay. I live in Oakland. I, I can't go an inch without seeing a 49ers hat, a 49ers jacket. It's just out full force. This is, I would argue, the strongest football brand west of Dallas. And we're seeing it up and down the California coast. We're seeing it all across the, the western part of the state. It is, uh, it is back full force. And it is, yeah, I, I think ultimately everyone feels like this season is already a wild success. Of course, they want to win it. A little bit of that California lifestyle. If they don't win it, it won't be that big of a deal. You kind of brush it off. If they do win it, though, absolute frenzy, absolute fervor. This town, great football town. Most places that have a winning football team say that. But I'm seeing it get tapped into in ways that even I, an optimist towards that sort of thing, someone who thought that there was always something lying underneath the surface. I didn't know there was this much coming up, and it is coming up left and right. they got to keep building Derek's to get rid of all this stuff. Dieter, sounds like you're going to have a fun week. Have a good time covering the game. We appreciate you hopping out with us tonight for a couple minutes. Thanks, bud. Have a good one.
Dieter Kurtenbach, columnist for the Barrier News Group. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 